0: Hey, listeners, Meili and Christine here. Though we are licensed medical professionals, nothing we speak about in the Well Conversation should be taken as health advice. These episodes are based on a review of current research available and well-known frequently applied interventions used by professionals in the field. If you have a pre-existing medical condition, the information shared in this presentation may not be entirely safe or applicable to you. Please consult your healthcare practitioner before applying any changes to your health Especially if you have a pre existing medical condition or are taking prescription medications. And welcome to another episode of the Well Conversation. I'm Dr. Bailey.
1: And I'm Dr. Christine. Today we'll be talking about how to stay active from home. And we have Dr. Sophie Paulin McLeod joining us for this topic. Prior to obtaining her doctorate of naturopathic medicine, Sophie completed her undergraduate degree in human kinetics from the University of Guelph and also became a certified personal trainer. Her experience as a trainer ignited her passion to pursue a career in healthcare and help others towards feeling their best. Sophie combines her expertise in exercise physiology and naturopathic medicine to support her patients towards achieving weight loss, improving their performance, and aiding in pain management.
0: Welcome, Dr. Sophie. Thanks for coming on.
1: Thanks so much for having me.
0: Sophie is also one of our good friends, so we're really excited to be doing the podcast with Sophie today.
1: Yeah, we're all also Griffins, University of Guelph grads, (laughs) and all also graduated from the College of Naturopathic Medicine. So, you know, we've all been so interconnected in our lives, whether we knew it or not. (laughs) Yeah. So diving into this really exciting and popular topic, movement. So because of COVID, a lot of people have shifted to a work from home setting. People aren't really moving to go to work anymore. Some people would walk to work. Some people would take transit, but you know, there's the walking from home to bus stop or home to transit station and then from transit station to work. Now we've kind of shifted into the setting where we walk from bedroom to kitchen, <laughs> get your coffee. <laughs> From kitchen to living room, sit down and settle down for eight to 10 hours a day where everyone kind of starts their work day. Maybe they're not really like sitting facing a window or anything. It might just be like, you know, a dark room, stagnant, seated at your desk. For eight to ten hours a day getting your work done and also with gyms not opening and with our past winter not a lot of people found opportunity or motivation to get moving
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so let's start with maybe a question you probably get asked a lot dr sophie is what type of exercise is best so how do you tell people to exercise
2: yeah so that's a good question and i think it can be a super broad question because Everyone is really unique in terms of the activity that they like to do. So when I'm talking to uh, patients, or even when I'm doing an intake for you know someone as a client for training, I always ask them. know, what types of activity do you gravitate towards? Do you like doing things with skipping or do you like lifting weights or, you know, do you like going swimming or outside? Like there's a lot of different things that people enjoy over another, like some people really, really hate running or hate being on a treadmill or that sort of thing. So I never want to force anyone into a movement that they really don't feel comfortable with. And so I can gauge from that person what sort of activities they're like, I like this and, and, you know, that works for me. So that gives one a base. So I always ask, you know, take a look and see what in the past, what you actually enjoy doing and then start from there. So that's number one. Um, But number two, I would say weight training, regardless if you like really don't like it or whatnot, it probably should be incorporated into your program. And this is for many different reasons, but we know that for just overall health, I really stress this a lot with anyone, any, especially women as bone health. So strength training, you know, lifting weights will really help to, you know, maintain your body muscle. And that's really important kind of going forward. So lifting weights, getting in the gym. That's my number two. Number three, I always talk about high intensity interval training. And this type of training has really taken the market over by storm. You know, if you drive around any town or larger city, you'll see F45, you'll see orange theory, you'll see, you know, berries. Those are all gyms that implement high intensity interval training, right? So they have people hopping on a treadmill, running fast sprints or jump squats. And it's typically less timing of a workout. It's usually like 30 minutes, 45 minutes, and it's kind of all out. And those gyms have been so successful because people will see the results quite quickly. And it's a lot more dramatic. And right now with people's timing, they can't commit to a lot of time. So high intensity interval training has tremendous benefits for metabolic health, bone health, weight loss, all those types of things. So wrapping all those three points up together, one, find out what you like, two, you should be
1: lifting weights and three, throw in some interval training. Amazing, I love those three points and how how perfectly you summarized it up as well. And I'm sure as you guys know, the gym setting at the University of Guelph, that's kind of where I started weight training as well. We had this gym. So there was like a cardio section with very limited weights that had like a rack of weights and some machines. And that was kind of like a gender divide. So like all the girls would flock to that area of the gym. And then there would be like a very intense, like very sweaty smelling weight room <laughs> in the other section of the gym. It was and like the was- men and women's
0: March Madness gyms that
1: <laughs> <about> i <laughs> And they were like, all the girls would be on the treadmill. And I was reading all this information about weight training and like hearing about it in my courses as well. And I really wanted to get started, but I also had you know, no idea how to get started. And also that other gym was so intimidating, like all these like huge burly guys and just that sweat smell. And you walk in and it's automatically just like, there's a girl. <laughs> And so it was, it was so intimidating for me, but once I got started into it, I found I really enjoyed weight training a lot more than, you know, running steady state on a treadmill for half an hour or doing any of the other exercises. So I'm really happy that I was able to get into weight training at such an early stage. It's funny that you mentioned that Christine, because I worked at the
2: Guelph gym. So I would rotate between the cardio side and the gym and the weight side And I would actually walk women over, I'd walk girls over, I would see them with the weights, there'd be less, you know, weights on one side, there'd be less space for weight training. And I would actually talk to them and say, Hey, you're really doing well with all your exercises. Why don't I show you the other side? Right. So I think that's a good point to bring up that, you know, as women or even anyone who's in this space, like if you feel like you have, you know, knowledge to really share that with others and to express that no matter what, whoever you're starting or wherever you're starting, it will be uncomfortable. I was very uncomfortable, just like you said, when you start off, regardless of if you're in a room full of people who are more advanced than you or not, like it's a really important thing, or even if you're just at home. It will feel uncomfortable and it will feel new, but you have to always think that anything, just like your first day of a job, right? That feels uncomfortable. Everything feels different and weird and new, and you don't know the protocols, but you have to just stick with it
0: yeah, and I think I think it's like any skill, it's that you have to learn it. And I think a lot of people enter the gym or even, like you said at home, go to start exercising, and they expect of themselves to just know what to do. when if you're not taught it, you don't know what to do, and that's okay. Like having enough humility to ask for help and to say, well, no one ever taught me how, so I should probably figure this out. And there's so many resources now for people. I mean, we can get into credible versus not and and following different people and where you're getting your advice. But if you've never learned something, you're not going to know how to do it. So I think starting from a beginner stage and accessing really good quality information can make a huge difference in your journey, whether this is at home or when gyms open again. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> Speaking of, I always, I always recommend to people, I know it's sometimes difficult if you have limited resources, but always seeking help from a licensed personal trainer someone who is, you know, dedicated their life to this, they've won out of their way, paid for these special certifications and education in order to help people along this journey, I think is so important. And as I mentioned, Dr. Sophie, you're also a licensed personal trainer. And I'm sure you've also been struggling, as many of us have been, <laughs> Maylee and I, we talk about this often as well, with the gym closures in Toronto specifically. So I know before the quarantine and all the gym closures started, I was getting really into Orange Theory Fitness and I was loving it and I felt so good. I was really rocking my milestones. And then all of a sudden, all these gym closures, and it was so upsetting. So how are you staying active at home? And what do you tell your clients and your patients as well who are struggling to get active? Yeah,
2: so there's a lot of different facets to this as well. And I think that a lot of people have this conception that with exercise, it always has to be the same thing and consistent. And if anything changes, then you're done and you're done with it, right? So I always say in terms of my exercise regime and you know what I do with my program, and my my training is that it's always changing. You know, how it looked in 2020 in the summertime looked different than what it was in the wintertime versus different than what it is now. So that means for me, I stay consistent. So I'm still training minimum one to two times per week, which some people may be like, oh, that's not even that much, but that's what I know I can do consistently, right? That's my baseline. And so in the summertime, I'd be outside a lot more. I'd be doing that. Now I do online classes. I do high-intensity interval classes because I even find for myself and we can go a lot more into actual like how to do hit training at home. It's really hard to get the benefits when you don't have that pushing and that motivation. So I sign up for a class and I do that. And then now I'm also going for runs now that the weather is warmer. So you need to find a schedule or a time that works well with you. So another thing that I've been doing is putting a check mark on the calendar on the days that I train. Cause it's kind of just like a nice, okay, I did this. I accomplished this. Like you can see how you've stayed consistent, you know, over the months and over the time, but I'm not attached to anything. I know that maybe next month I might, when those gyms open up, I might do once a week there. Right. So you have to be open to things changing and just mold to that. And whatever you kind of feel like is working well with your schedule right now, because it's not going to be consistent, the same. There's too many variables in life to always expect that you're going to have the exact same training schedule.
0: Yeah, that's super good advice. I feel like I really struggled with when gyms closed. I was like, oh, how am I going to work out? We know how to work out at home. You just, when you're consistently going to the gym, you kind of forget that that's an option. And there's been times where it's been really fun trying to figure out working out at home and working out with roommates and, and doing different things. And I've also found that there's different movement patterns. I was Completely ignoring at the gym and also cardio. I completely ignore the gym most of the time too. Um, so that was good. But yeah, I feel like the idea of being resilient and being flexible is a big lesson we've had throughout COVID. And I think it definitely applies here that if you truly want to continue incorporating enough movement into your life, you're going to have to adapt. You're going to have to adapt if you change your job, if you move cities, if you change gyms, right? There's always so many variables, so I think The one piece that I would take away from that is the flexibility and being flexible with what your opinions are on different types of exercise as well and how you're going to do it. And so the way that you're targeting exercise in your life and how that's going to change for sure.
2: Flexibility, I think it's a good word to describe it, but I think as well, you have to prioritize it for yourself. And I've talked to family members, friends about this, and they say to me, you know, you're good at just kind of being like, this is what I'm doing and I'm doing this. Though a lot of times when I'm at home with my family, most of the time I realize this when I'm home with my family and they're like, oh, Sophie, why do you have to do, you know, your workout? We're trying to do all this or so, you know, like they're, <laughs> they're annoyed with it. And I'm like, no, I'm doing it. And a lot of people that can't speak up for themselves in their own body, they won't, right? They'll say, oh, it's gonna to be too much of a hassle for me to ask to take this time or I'm gonna to have to ask my partner to watch the kids or, or things like that. And you have to learn to say, this is my time. This is something I'm doing for myself. And that's okay. A lot of a struggle right now with people staying active from home is they have all these obligations. And whether it's work or whatever it is, you have to be able to step away from that and be assertive to get it
1: done. I love those two pieces, specifically about resilience and advocating for yourself. Even just in that internal battle with yourself, I feel like it's so important to tell yourself, like, hey, even though you think you have no time in the day to exercise. You have to make that time to exercise. And I feel like it's even in my own head, it's like this personal battle of being like, Oh, I'm tired. I think it's better for myself if I just rest, even though it's been like seven days since I've worked out. (laughs) But it's like, it's like me having to be like, no, you need this. You deserve this. This is really good for you. And like, let's get moving and let's advocate for yourself. And it's like, Hey, I'll tell my partner, like, Hey, can you watch the dog for a little bit? Because you know, sometimes she'll try and attack me as I work out. (laughs) But it's just like, Being able to stand up for yourself and be like, hey, I need this time for myself. I need like just an hour to myself and like me doing my exercise and focusing on my thing. And I feel like those two points, resiliency and advocacy is so important when thinking about exercising from home.
0: And I feel like it's yes, advocating for yourself and improving your own health, but also the way you interact with other people, the way you're going to interact with that partner is going to be more positive. If you go exercise, get those endorphins, you're feeling good, you're going to be a better person to be around, whether it's your coworkers, whether it's your family. And so prioritizing it for yourself. Yes. But also for the other people around you and for you, your tips are to schedule it in and be flexible and make sure it's a part of your day. But do you have any ways to stay consistent at home, like specifically when you're trying to do at home activities?
2: Yeah. So there are many different types of, I say like exercise people, how can I say this? Just because I've seen so many people who have come to me for training advice or or things like that. And I can tell pretty, you know, quickly if they are a person who, you know, really has that drive or that love for movement. I know that even after we're done training, they're going to stay consistent and they're going to do it. And then there's another kind of subset of people who they know that they need to do it for the benefits. It really is a struggle and they would prefer to, you know, go for a walk or, or you know, go for a bike or just play a sport or something like that. And that's totally fine. We as humans have different preferences. You know, we don't all have to be like, you know, lifting weights. So I would say you have to kind of reflect on that and be Like, let's be realistic. I'm a person that really struggles to stay consistent. And I know if I'm just trying to do this on my own, I can't. So in those cases, I say the best thing you could do is sign up for an online program and online class. There's so many trainers out there online right now that are doing online Zoom classes where you're part of a community and you can kind of have that accountability. If you're that person that you know you're not going to be realistic with yourself and sign up for a class or sign up with a trainer. I know the clients that I have, they know that they probably wouldn't be as consistent with their training if they didn't have someone that said, hey, we're meeting up this time, right? We have that consistent schedule. They, I send them the link, you know, every week, right? They sign on and they do the workout. If they didn't have that, they probably wouldn't stay consistent. If you are the type of person that you are self-motivated, you already found that your own love for exercise and movement, and you know, it makes you feel good and you can do it on your own. Then that's another story in terms of how you can start incorporating that into your schedule and your program and learning how to program your own workouts and things like that.
0: Right. Yeah. And I definitely find that with patients who they say, like, if someone is not accountable for me, then I won't do it. And I think if you're like that, that's totally fine. Like, I think just acknowledge, Acknowledging that is playing a part in it and saying, okay, you know what, I know I'm going to get lost in my three kids and my busy job and all of this other stuff going on. And so it's like anything else, like you need to then schedule it in. It's like going to the dentist. It's like, you just have to do it more often, but you have to schedule it in and, and make it a priority. And then once you have that appointment, you have to keep the appointment because then you've kind of now added someone else into the equation. So yeah, that's super helpful. And I think also the transaction in itself is when you're paying for something, we automatically give it a little bit more respect, right? And so if you have a 30 minute Workout scheduled by yourself, scheduled in your calendar for the day versus, okay, I'm meeting with Dr. Sophie today at 2 p.m. 2 p.m. rolls around. You're like, you know what? I think I just need to rest today. And it's really easy to convince yourself of that. Even if you have that feeling, if you have the appointment, you're like, oh, but no, I have this. So I have to go. And then you do it. You feel fantastic. So If you're struggling to find motivation or to stay motivated, adding someone else into the equation, both for the guidance and the education and the knowledge around it, but then also strictly for an accountability aspect. Maybe you were really motivated before and you maybe were an ex-athlete and you used to be really fit and you know how to work out. Maybe you just need the accountability. So maybe you don't even need a personal trainer. You need a group. And I think having a group or some sort of accountability program with some friends or other people who are struggling can be really helpful also.
2: Yeah, like even like I said, even for myself. Like I know how to program workouts and train workouts and, and do things myself, but I enjoy logging onto a zoom call and just having someone just tell me what to do and do it. Right. And I don't think that there's anything wrong, regardless of what level you're at of admitting that we all need that extra support right now. And it's been so many months of this independent, having to kind of do this on your own and not having that community. So, you know, you can just already just say, you know what, I'm going to just sign up. I'm going to invest my money in this. And I know that it's going to work out, you know, just have fun.
1: Yeah, honestly, I love the accountability aspect as well. I feel like even among my friend group and even with myself, I feel like having that accountability of the trainer or even with the friends is so important. So like for me, it's like a couple times a week, I will try my hardest to schedule a run or a walk or some exercise with one of my friends because I know, hey, if I put this in my schedule, they've carved out the time for me. I have to go, even if at the end of the day, I'm like, oh, this is a really hard day. I'm exhausted. I'm annoyed. But then again, I can't think of any time off the top of my head where I've exercised and I've regretted doing the exercise <laughs> every single time at the end, you know, the endorphins are running. And I'm like, I am so happy that I pushed myself and I wouldn't have pushed myself unless, you know, Meili was going to be there and say like, hey, let's go for our run. <laughs> And I know even with my friends, they've often opted for like a paid option as well. So they'll pay a trainer. And then so my one friend was paying a trainer and they were doing Zoom classes. And then her friend was like... Oh, actually, I could really use the motivation. They signed up, the trainer would show up at 6 a.m., and then they would do their workout. But would they ever show up if, A, there wasn't a trainer waiting, they'd paid for it, and also their friends were also going to be there. So if it's like, oh, you slept in, you missed one, then it's like your friend's going to tease you all day being like, you missed the class. (laughs) So I feel like having all those aspects incorporated all together really helps with the motivation aspect, especially in the time of Rona where we're all staying from home and trying to stay active as well. And I feel like the point about
0: scheduling, you mentioned it earlier, but I find that one a huge one for me is when are you going to work out? When is it going to fit your schedule? And I'm a big morning person. I used to get up early and go to the gym. And now I since working out at home, I would kind of work all day and be like, oh, I have to do my workout. And both Both the motivation to work out to begin with and the quality of my workouts in the afternoon at like the end of a workday so it's 5 p.m and I'm like oh I have to do my workout half the time I'm like laying there I'm like I'm stretching and like <laughs> trying to really motivate myself but it's just not a good time for me. I've used up kind of all of my energy throughout the day and it's I'm not feeling the workout. And so recently I've kind of rejigged my schedule to incorporate working out and movement earlier on in my day. And I find not only do I do it more often, but when I'm working out I'm way more into it and I have a higher quality workout and then I feel better in my day and my I just like start my day off on a much better foot. And so I feel like scheduling where in your day you're going to have time and how are you going to feel at that time? What's your energy level going to be at that time? Because we're all different in that aspect as well.
2: Yeah, that's a really good point. Last week I had a client, personal training client who switched. She had an, we did an afternoon session and we always usually do a morning. And she was like, I just can't do this. I'm just not. That's a really good point of reflecting and being like, okay, when do I feel the most energy? Maybe you're only trying to work out during times where you really don't have the energy. You might have to switch it up. It's
1: almost like being able to set yourself up for success for activity as well. It's like identify where your weakness are and where your strengths are. And then say, I even think I read a stat the other day saying like 80% of people are less likely to work out if they miss that morning workout. And they're like, I'll just do it in the afternoon. And it's like, it doesn't happen. <laughs> Continuing along, Sophie, what do you think about people who exercise really hard, but they can't lose weight? So for example, I know my mom, she recently got into fitness a couple years ago. She joined like the country club gym and uh, up where she lives and she would go to like two classes a day. So she'd go to like an intense class in the morning. It's like a HIT class or a TRX class. And then in the evening, she'll do like a yoga class or she'll like go to the open gym, do some treadmill work, maybe some weights by herself. But but, you know, for her, she's reaching her mid fifties now and was always saying like, I'm working out so hard. I feel like I'm gaining muscle, but like, I'm just not like losing any weight. She's like, I really want to lose some of this extra weight that I've had for a couple of years. And I've been working so hard, but I'm just not losing weight. Do you have some advice or do you have some explanation for people who are having some resistant weight loss?
2: Yeah. So unfortunately this is a very, you know, your mom's story is not as uncommon as we might think. So I just had a patient last week week. Who came to me for weight loss and said she'd been training five times a week for four months and had not seen the scale change at all. So it is frustrating because people are working really hard, like your mom, or a lot of people are training really, really hard and pushing themselves because they really, you know, wanna see those results. And then to be doing all that and not see those results, it's really disheartening. And it's a lot of time people will give up at that point or just say, you know, what's the point? I did my best and everything could. so a couple of things. So one is that from my weight loss perspective and when I work with weight loss patients that as naturopathic doctors, we have the ability of approaching it and working with patients for weight loss in a much different way than you would see a typical weight loss program online or, you know, whatever weight loss clinics or things like that. So essentially when we look at someone who's struggling to lose weight in the phase one of my three phase foundational program, phase one is called foundation. I'll give an example of that woman. She was really, really not sleeping well. She was very stressed she wasn't eating enough food. And she also, because of the pandemic, hadn't had any blood work done in over maybe a year or so. So those, you know, three or four factors right there all could be contributing to the fact that she was really, you know, training really hard, but her body wasn't losing any weight. And she did have weight to lose. So poor sleep, poor, you know, stress management underlying health conditions like thyroid dysfunction, insulin dysregulation, cortisol, those are all factors that are basically your body saying, I'm holding on to this weight. I'm not losing this weight. You're really, really trying and you're pushing in one direction, but I'm not going to let you go there. And people will really drive themselves through the mud to get what they want and to try and lose weight. But essentially, they're not listening to their body in any other aspect. So I really explain that when you're trying to lose weight and you're struggling to lose weight, what area of your health are you completely disregarding? And most of the time it's diet stuff, it's sleep, it's stress, it's gut health. It's all those other factors that are contributing to the fact that they can't lose that weight.
0: Yeah, definitely. I definitely see that a lot in practice as well. Sleep, I would say is like one of the most underrated things. I always ask people about sleep and in their initial appointment. And the average response is not great at all, especially this past year and stress as well, which those two themselves are correlated so yeah I think having the opportunity to step back and look at okay what's going on with my body outside of this and I feel like it's really easy to get focused on the weight aspect because it's fair it's something you want to work on and both visually as well as we know that being overweight is a risk factor for several chronic diseases and so when people are trying to motivate themselves and taking on all this responsibility to really make a change in their life and they're not seeing a difference. It's incredibly frustrating. And there's a lot of Blame people put on themselves and they're really harsh on themselves. And I feel like not getting rid of that responsibility, but also just looking at the responsibility you have to also manage your stress, the responsibility to get that sleep and to take the time for yourself to really manage other aspects of your health, other than I have to go to the gym and work out really hard. And so the other things, exploring other options about what else could be going on, is a really important aspect of the weight loss puzzle for people, I guess. Yeah,
2: exactly. And just like what you said, like, and I emphasize this a lot is that when people are starting their weight loss journey, or in this case, like you said, when people are trying to start an exercise regime, that may be listening to this first thing they think of is eat less, exercise more, period, right? It's the calories in, calories out. And although that is scientifically, yes, that makes sense, right? If you're eating too much and you're not training and not moving a lot, you most likely will gain some weight, right? But the opposite is not always true. And the fact that there's so many other... factors that are contributing to it but people don't know that and people don't realize it and that's why i have put myself in this space in this realm of weight loss which can be kind of a controversial topic at this time right talking about weight loss and things like that when you know people don't want to talk about diets and things like that so it can be a, a tough topic and a tough discussion but it's really important to say that the viewpoint that naturopathic doctors have is nothing extreme. It's really about like improving that underlying health. And that's everything that I work on in that first foundational phase of treatment.
1: I love the point about sleep and stress being so important to this equation as well. And I feel like people focus so hard on the diet and the exercise because they're so easy to measure so like you use a calorie counter on your phone you can put it on your food and then it'll spit out how many calories you've eaten or like at the gym you're like if you have a wearable health tracker you have your apple watch telling you like oh you burned 300 calories in this hour long workout congratulations but for sleep it's like unless you're actually actively tracking your sleep which most people don't They go to bed, they wake up, they're like, oh, I feel so-so, but like I always feel so-so. So so." it's nothing to worry about or even stress. Stress has increased so much from COVID and from working from home, all of the transitioning, but people aren't really recognizing the stress. And then when they're still exercising really hard, they're eating well and they're like, oh, still nothing is happening. And it's so important to, as naturopathic doctors, kind of explore that the cortisol balance part of the equation and how that can all tie into resistant weight loss. And it's just a portion that a lot of people, even some personal trainers, aren't aware of that sort of complex relationship. And it can also cause so many issues for people as well who may have some underlying self-esteem issues or may be less confident in their own skin and to tell them like, oh, maybe you're just not exercising enough or maybe you really have to fix your diet. And then, you know, racking their brain being like, I exercise a lot and I eat really well and they're still telling me I'm not doing enough. And that's why I can't lose the weight. So I feel like having an approach from us as naturopathic doctors, where Sophie was talking about the foundations. We work on the pillars of health, the foundations of the health. And then we kind of teach patients how to best set up their body for the success that they're looking for themselves.
0: Okay, so we've gone on a few tangents and I just wanted to bring it back to maybe some actionable items for our listeners who are maybe learning lots, but some things that they can focus on right after they finish this podcast maybe. So we like to do three things that they can start today to work on increasing their movement, especially if they're stuck at home.
2: Yeah, so one thing is that if you have the, you know, ability to financially, I would say sign up for a class or register with the trainer if that is a possibility. I think that, you know, there's been a lot out there to, you know, support local restaurants, support local businesses, but you know, really the fitness industry has been struggling a lot and I haven't really seen a lot of that same support for that people have kind of just switched to saying I just want to, you know, find a free program, right? Because it is a service as opposed to, you know, an actual, you know, food you can purchase, right? So that would be number one. And there's so many amazing, and we're local to Toronto, but look into the local gyms that you have nearby you and see how you can support them during this time because it's mutually beneficial for yourself and for that, I work at a philosophy fitness and they do amazing, amazing classes daily, all virtual. So that's number one. Number two is to actually make you know a goal that you can have. So and a lot of people, this is very common because I hear it all the time. They're like, I'm gonna start training five times a week. They will start at the highest, highest, highest level. And it is so hard to maintain for myself. I've literally even said for this year, two times a week, right? It doesn't matter. Sometimes one of days is a run and sometimes it's strength training. Sometimes it's right. So you have to allow yourself to A, make that obligation and make it happen. If I miss a workout during the week, I'm going to do it on the weekend, right? I just am going to hit that number. I'm going to get two. So if you have experience, you can start at two. If you don't, then probably I would say Even starting it once per week is still a really good accomplishment for a lot of people. So that would be my next thing is you're starting with that. When you start with that, you can, it's really a snowball effect in terms of other lifestyle stuff that's really going to start taking off too and moving around and stuff like that more during the day. And then my last tip would be finding a space where you really enjoy movement that brings you joy and i say this because i learned from my own mistake my last apartment i would basically move the stuff in the living room throw my fitness stuff out there And then I would just leave it there because I was just too lazy to move it. And it just, I would be walking around over my yoga mat throughout the day. And it just, I didn't enjoy the space. I didn't like the space. You know, there was no ritual in terms of taking things out, using it and having it there just because it was always constantly out. So now I have kind of my own space that I've created for that. And then I am such a huge fan of TRX and... If you can get outside and have a, if you can get a, invest in a TRX and you can work out outside, you can train outside, go to a park, go to a bench. There's actually a lot of fitness parks in the city that a lot of people don't know about.
0: So find a space that brings you joy and, and use it. Yeah. Sophie brings her TRX everywhere.
2: I I travel with it. I, yeah,
1: (laughs) I have
0: two. She always has a TRX and a phone roller everywhere she goes. Yeah.
1: (laughs) I remember even when we would all be in clinic, we all had a day where our clinic shifts overlapped. And I would sometimes just see Sophie outside with (sighs) (laughs) Maylee. Some like pylons are out, the TRX is attached to a tree. And I'd be like, oh, I really want to join in. And then the next time I'd come and join in, and it would be tons of fun to be able to be with friends. And then also Sophie will be like, you're not doing that right. And I'm like, oh, (laughs) thank God someone told me. (laughs) (laughs) So it's great. I'm sure listeners will want to reach out to you after this lovely and informative podcast. So how can listeners reach out to you best? Yeah, so
2: honestly, you just reach out to me via my Instagram at Dr. Sophie PM.
0: Shoot me a DM and all of my links can be found through there too. Amazing. And so you're seeing patients and also taking clients on for personal training? Yeah,
2: so I'm seeing patients, but I'm not taking on any more personal training clients. Yeah, at this time, maybe one or two more virtually, but sticking to kind of the schedule I have going on right now.
1: (laughs) Dr. Sophie has a schedule and sticks to it. (laughs) I
0: stick to it,
1: yeah. Hopefully, Sophie has definitely taught me many things about advocating for my own health, advocating for self-care, advocating for, you know, creating a fitness schedule and sticking to it for you. So I definitely have Sophie to thank for that. And also, thank you so much for all this informative information that you've brought to us today. And I'm sure our listeners are dying to learn more. Maybe we'll do another podcast on some more into weight loss, a very popular topic. But for now, thanks for tuning in. And until next time... Feel well, learn well.